The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. What's going on, everybody? We are back another week, another episode of Jonesy and Brown. With me, as always, my man, John Brown. What's good, man? I'm Mike Jones. And as you can see, we have a less than enthused looking guest with us this week. My man, one million grand from way back. Always, always a pleasure to have him on with us. But, you know, we're not even going to wait. Let's just go ahead and get right to it. We got James Lewis III, Lance J from the Lance J Radio Network, Paragon Studios. Studios. Always a pleasure. This man's doing big things. This man took time out of his his, his busy schedule to chill with us this week, man. Oh, man. I'm humble. Oh, man. So let's get right to it. We're at the NFL playoff time of year. Yes. And this time two weeks ago, that symbol on on your forehead looked like it was destined for some good luck. You know, it was a lucky horseshoe. There was, I believe, 98% chance of making the playoffs according to the analytics. And in the final week, the final game was against the worst football team, record-wise at least, in the NFL this year. So at the start of week 18, going into that game against the Jaguars, what was your mindset to start that game? Well, the Colts, the Colts have arguably the best roster in the NFL. I mean, they have seven Pro Bowlers on their team. I mean, they they rebuilt their team from the Manning era into a power running team. Uh, they have Jonathan Taylor, had over 18,000 yards, uh, excuse me, 1,800 yards this season. Um, they have a fantastic line. They have they have a lot of speed on defense. I I was a little bit concerned, however, because in the second half of that Patriots game, as you and I talked, New England started putting nine men in the box, and Carson Wentz kind of limped to the finish line when that Patriots win. Mm-hmm. Um, the game in Arizona because Kyler Murray had three turnovers, so they were not moving the ball in offense the last three weeks going into that game. And I was concerned that it would be close. I thought that because the playoffs were on the line, Jackson would find some way to take it away. But, um, you know, he went out and smacked the Colts along. So, you and I have been discussing because, and the reason JB and I are so interested in this conversation is because, of course, the Colts made a deal with the Eagles for to acquire Carson Wentz. Yeah, we got fleeced. For a conditional second round that has a, that officially conferred into a first round pick. Yeah, we got we got Herschel Walker. Yeah, <laughs> ultimate three So he said the, they got Herschel Walker. <laughs> the question is then, what direction? do you feel like the Colts should be looking to move in next, realistically? You know, the Colts and the, and the Eagles have an incestuous relationship, right? Because Sirianni is your coach, and then, you know, our coach, Trump White, fired um, earlier in the week, um, comes from the Eagles. So I, I don't know if, if you're our AAA affiliate or when you're AAA affiliate or you take turns or whatever, but... Um, I'm a real Colts fan, Jonesy. I've been a Colts fan since Gary Hogan, since Arch Leister, since, um, you know, since Marshall Falk, since Earl Dickerson. I have a Jacoby MFE Brissett jersey. Like, 
Jacoby Brissett's mom doesn't have a Jacoby Brissett jersey. Like <laughs> his kids don't even wear a Jacoby Brissett jersey. So I'm all in on my Colts. Um, you know, where where they have gone wrong is they were in a desperate situation. They needed to have a quarterback. Philip Rivers retired. They really didn't have a true answer. They took a gamble on Carson Wentz. I think that it was the smart gamble. I don't begrudge uh, their GM, uh, GM Ballard, Chris Ballard, for making that gamble. They know that they have a potential Super Bowl roster, but without a quarterback to pull the trigger. I do think, um, as businessmen, smart people realize when they made a mistake, and I think you cut bait with Wentz and get him out of there. And if you have to eat, you know, when I was on Sport Track and on Indy Star, you know, from what I mostly see is that if they cut Wentz, it's like a 15, 15 million dollar cap hit. I say you cut him. I say you either bring in a stopgap or you let the or you let the young ball play. You know, but, but paying him, you're you're setting yourself in a cycle of mediocrity and you're wasting Jonathan Taylor's time. Let's see to that point though. If you flat out cut him this year, yes, it's a fifteen million dollar cut cap hit. If you're able to trade him or wait one extra year, in either of those scenarios, it's no cap hit at all. So I think that he's so bad that you have to eat the money. I think it is not a it's that bad. Beef. It's not a personal beef against Carson Wentz. He played hurt. Uh, from what I hear, you know, I have, connect- I have connections to Stampede Blue during my time in Super Bowl Nation Radio. So, you know, I'm not as good as you and, and Brown with the sports media. But, you know, I, I know people that know people. All views of him are generally positive. He's good in the locker room, a good guy, all of that stuff. He's just not the guy. I don't want to say he's weak or soft. You know, it's easy for me on my couch to say that. All of the games, when he was playing the Titans, these last two games, when the lights shined the brightest, he would will. And that's the same thing that, that they say about him back in the Philly days, back in our ESPN days. It's not personal. That's such a good roster that you can't have someone that's shaky. You're going to lose the roster. You're going to lose Dallas Little. You're going you're gonna to lose uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor. You're going to lose Kitty Moore. You're going to lose all of those pro bowlers if they don't make a change. You know, maybe you're able to trade him to Seattle. Russell Wilson wants out. Maybe you trade him to Seattle, and then they can leverage the fact that his cap hit will be up. Seattle's a dumpster fire. You get Russell Wilson, you're in contention for a Super Bowl. Or then Wilson spends one year in Seattle, and then they clean house, which they're going to do anyway. But you got to find a way to get rid of him. And if you have to cut him and eat the $15 million, Ursay has has billions of dollars. You got to eat fifteen million. You got to eat fifteen million. But you can't bring him back into that locker room to take that team. And Coach Wright can't look at that team and say, "Hey, we're going to tweak some of the mistakes and we're going to go to the Super Bowl next year." You can't do that. So, how much of this is based on just how bad, how poorly he played in that last game of the season? He was about as bad as you could be. In that last game of the season, can't argue with anybody who says, "Hey, 90 percent of the problems was on Carson Wentz. Ninety five percent, ninety nine percent, whatever." You know, you'll get no argument from me. But how much of do you put it on that last game, or is is this pretty much something you felt all season long? No, I mean he played good in spurts, but I think the second half of that Patriots game, they got out. To a lead against the Patriots and the Colts win running the ball with defense. Um, they don't have a great defense in the sense of like Steel Curtain or, or the Ravens defenses, but what they have, they have Darius Leonard in the middle, who's a turnover machine. They were second in NFL in turnovers caused this year with, with 34 turnovers. They're a team that's fast on defense and they're very opportunistic and, and they turn you over. And then they have a fantastic line. So they play well from ahead. You know, up 14 to three, they run the ball. They're like Philly. They'll run the ball 40, 50 times with, with two or three running backs, and they'll physically pound you. What happened is in the second half of that Patriots game, uh, Belichick does what he does. He exposes your weakness. He put nine men in the box, and Carson Wentz couldn't compete a pass. I mean, his, his downhill throwing is, you know, I told Jonesy, 
you know how when you're throwing 12 yards downfield, you can't really see it off camera. You just know that the ball's down there. I assume that he's going to sell it and it's going to get kicked by the free safety. Every time that he throws off screen, I cringe. Like, I'm afraid. Uh, conversely, when Kate Manning was there and he threw deep, I just assumed that Mar Marvin Harrison was going to run for a touchdown. But Carson Wentz, from any anything more than seven or eight yards downfield is, is an absolute abomination. And in his ripple, he gets his, in his own head. We even see plays. He could have checked the ball down and thrown it to the running back and got a seven-yard gain. But he likes to throw downfield, and he's bad at throwing downfield. So Belichick exposed that. And then when they played the Raiders the next week, uh, their coach, I don't remember his name because you know, he's an assistant to Gruden, the Raiders put eight in the box. And Jacksonville put eight in the box. And they said, we're not going to let Jonathan Taylor run for 200 yards. Uh, you're going to have to throw. And Carson Wentz showed that he was unable to make those throws downfield. And I don't see how that changes, Jones. I mean, his mechanics are what they are. I've seen film on him in Philly. Um, he's never been the same after the knee injury. He's very good at throwing on the run. I will give you that. On the RPO where he's running, uh, you know, particularly to, to his left, he does a fantastic job throwing on the run. However, with his knee injury, he's not able to be as mobile as he used to be. So um, he is not a pocket passer. Um, you guys have Jalen Hurts, who's also not a pocket passer, but you know who Jalen Hurts is. And Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball 12, 13 times a game. He's going to hand the ball off 30 times a game. And you're going to maul people with that fantastic line. I think that you're going to you're, you're going to give Tampa hell coming up. I don't think you're going to win – but the physicality of the Eagles and their ability to run for two, 300 yards is difficult. You keep Tom Brady off the field. With Carson Wentz, third and seven, it's a guaranteed turnover or he's going to throw the ball over the receiver's head or, you know, it's going to be a sack. Um, he doesn't seem to, to read blitz coverages very well. And you just can't compete and go deep into the playoffs um, with somebody like that uh, if you get down 14 to three. Um, you, 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 you've got you've to play from ahead. And I think that the book is out in the Colts. Um, people are going to come in the next year. Jonathan Taylor is going to see a bunch of nine-man fronts. They're going to dare Carson Wentz to throw the ball if he's still there. And uh, you just can't have someone like that. Um, you know, Garoppolo has his weaknesses. Kirk Cousins have his weaknesses. But they have the ability to accurately throw the ball in 15-yard spaces. They're not great with the deep ball, you know, throwing 30, 40 yards down the field. Um, but you can't be an NFL quarterback on a contending team if you can't throw the 12 yard out and route, uh, uh, you know, uh, down and out route. Excuse my language. Uh, ugh. If you can't throw that ball you, from the hash marks and get it there successfully, you can't be an NFL quarterback on a contender. Uh, you got to run some gimmicky, gimmicky offense like the Eagles run. But at least the Eagles have three first-round picks, one of them being ours. Um, you have a playoff team and you have three first-round picks that you can leverage. You can stay with Hurts. You can draft a quarterback. You can trade down and get more picks. You're in a great position. And, you know, you guys you guys fleeced us, man. You you, uh, you reverse Bitcoin us. It's all right. What was, what's crazy here is – there are two guys in this panel right now who had Carson Wentz as their quarterback for about three, four years. Like Carson is who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, at this point, it, you know, Tiger's not going to change his stripes. Right. And there's one guy who Carson Wentz has been his quarterback for one year. And if you listen to us for the past 13, 14 minutes, you wouldn't know who was who. I mean, you 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 breaking it down, and it's like, look, man, how long has Carson been your, your quarterback? Sound like you sound like me and Jonesy after like year three or four of Carson. Well, I think what's also important, you know, JB, is that it's not just the mistakes. People make mistakes. Carson Wentz has bad body language. You know, body language is real important. The quarterback is the leader. Um, in the Jacksonville game, the first series, it was a third and seven, and he overthrew Pittman. But, like, Pittman would have to have been Sean Kemp with his 45-inch vert in his prime to catch that pass. Like, he, he wasn't – there was no way he was going to catch that pass. And, and Wentz took his helmet off, and he was sulking. They were down 7 nothing. took his helmet off. He walked to the sidelines. He was pouting. 
He was sulking. And I saw that. And I think I texted Jonesy. I was like, man, we're done. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, you got to have a quarterback that's like, hey, we're going to find a way to win this game come hell or high water. We have a team that we feel is good enough to compete. And he just doesn't have that dog in him, man. It's not, it's not personal. He could play for a team that um, is not really a contender. He could be a stopgap guy. But he's not the guy if your objective is to win a Super Bowl. And the Colts are not generally a Super Bowl caliber franchise. So I wouldn't really care. You know, I'm, I'd be happy to win nine or ten games to get the playoffs. But this roster they have led the NFL in Pro Bowls. This is a Super Bowl roster. So you've got to do whatever you, you have to do to get Aaron Rodgers – to get uh, you know Russell Wilson to find somebody, I get Deshaun Watson if you could get him. Uh, whatever you have to do, you've got to find someone because these players like Darius Leonard, JT, they're in their prime. They got a three, four year window. By the time you get to twenty, you know uh, twenty seven, they're going to be on a decline, and you're going to be in five and twelve purgatory. If there's anyone that knows about going five and twelve, is Eagles fans. See, that's a cheap shot. You really, you had a Philadelphia Phillies hat on. You really know about about losing seasons. Wow. See, that is, we're really, not going to talk about the state you, of the Orioles because I know the history of your fan. Not even the real team, man. I, I, you know, I think if they win, if they go, if they go, they could only win forty or fifty games again this year. Like they're 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 not even a team. Like until Tito Angelo sells the team. I'm pretty much done with them. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you got a really nice stadium. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Camden Yards is, is awesome. Yards is, is the greatest place to watch baseball. You guys ain't no slouch hey, either, man. Hey. I, mean, I know. And I can't wait to get up there and tailgate, you know, this coming fall and this COVID stuff is behind mm -hmm. us. I think that, that me and Jonesy, you know, when we kind of started, um, our brand is on tailgate and going to Eagles games and, and having a blast. And, you know, I can't wait for the three of us to be out there doing that. But um, it's just, it's time for change. Um, you got to get rid of Wentz or you have to get rid of the coach and bring in a coach that's going to bring in a new system. But they chose to keep both, and I think that's a huge mistake. And I'm going into next season with absolutely no expectations. I think they're staring at a 6-11 and 11 season because people are going to put nine in the box, man. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how good Jonathan Taylor is. He can't run if if both safeties are up there. You know, just, mm -hmm. What can you do? It's nine on seven, and they're gonna dare Wits to throw. And and I, you know, I have I have absolutely no faith in Wits. And then Chip, he didn't get injured this year, so you know that injury's coming. You know that ACL, uh, uh, lateral LCL, that injury's coming because he's good for injury every eighteen games. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna have injury next series, but miss half half the season. That's just. By proxy, that's that's who he is. So oh, I just, he's that way. But he didn't he sprain both his ankles? He, he did. did play. I was impressed, but um, you know he's he's got a broken foot or a knee injury. I mean, he missed training camp because he broke his foot or he had a fracture in his foot. Um, you know, he's not extremely durable. I'm not going to call him soft. You know, I'm never going to call a pro athlete soft. But mm -hmm. I sit and talking to a radio mic for a living. But he's just not the guy, and, and that's what, you know, y'all felt in Philly. Philly's a tough place to play. Um, you know, it, it literally emasculated Ben Simmons so much that I hear rumors that he's growing broke. Like, I hear that he's, like, magnificent on the boondocks. Like, the people are coming to repossess his stuff at the house. Like, he didn't have no money coming in, and, you know, he's living the high life. He hated playing in Philly so much and the pressure that he'd rather just be broke. He's like, F that. I'll just go back to a wet bedroom apartment till I get traded. It's a tough place to play, I think. Uh, but I think, like, what, mo what most athletes will tell you, and it, especially the athletes who have, who have found a way to thrive here, it is the most reward. Like, the love you get right. when you play well makes it all worth it. Absolutely. You know, that's what Joel and Steve will say. That is what, you know, that, that is what Bryce Harper will say. That's what Ryan Howard will say. That's what Jimmy Rollins will say. I, I don't know what five. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Mike Schmidt. Those guys will say. Mike Schmidt. You know. Ron Hayes. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. 
There you go. Real quick, since we're we're talking about football, let, let's you know let's shift to the teams who are in the playoffs. Okay. I appreciate you wasting twenty minutes of your show on the Colts. I, I, <laughs> hey, hey, look, bro. You know, you, look, Jonesy's Jonesy's got a lot of love for you. So therefore, we would allow, and, and we're sure we're pretty sure you had that pent up in you. It's been a week. You had a couple of days to think about it. We all watched it. I'm madder now than I was on Sunday. <laughs> that was my goal. I first. I personally want to thank Carson Wentz. I wake up. I wake up in the morning waiting to hear the headline. Uh, you know, Ursay fires um, entire coaching staff. Carson Wentz cut or or traded. You know, to back to North Dakota State or or whatever. But to get it to, to, to speed up because I know y'all have a show to do. Uh, you know, the NFL playoffs. I think this is a wide open year. I think that's one of the reasons that I was very frustrated because I felt that if the Colts. Got it together. There's no dominant power. Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know, just like I talked about the Colts seeing a nine-man front, Kansas City seeing zone coverage across the board. You just you don't let Hill get behind you. You don't let Travis Kelsey get more than seven yards downfield. So people, they're not as explosive as they used to be because people are defending them better. So Kansas City, in my opinion, is vulnerable. They're beatable. You got Belichick with New England, but uh, you know they have a rookie as a quarterback. And as and as well as as he's played, as Mac Jones has played, he's not elite. He's not at that point. You got Joe Burrow, who's kind of the the new kid on the block, who's played you know MVP level. But they're bleeping Bengals, man. Like, are, are any of us? If if you had if you had your life depended, your life savings depended on it, would you would you bet your life savings on the Bengals, man? It's just some cultures, Jets, Browns. Bengals, uh, you know, I was talking to someone about John Moran. I'm like, he's not staying in Memphis, man. It's Memphis. Like, Memphis isn't good enough to win multiple titles. It's not It's not a thing for the Grizzlies' ownership. It's just nobody Nobody wants to, to put the center of basketball in the United States in Memphis. Like, that's never going to happen. So there are certain franchises that aren't there. And then, you know, in the NFC – I know that you're going to hate this, but I really like the Cowboys, and I really like I really like the Bucks. I like the Cowboys because they got those two superstars on defense, man, Parsons and Diggs. Those guys can play, and they're young, and they're cheap. They're not making top dollar. Dak is good. He's not great. He's got a lot of weapons. They're a team to me that's built for the playoffs, and um, I like your Eagles a lot. I think that your Eagles, they can really rock them, sock them, and they can give teams some trouble with that offensive line and that ability to, to run. But at the end of the day, you know, JB, if I have to put my money on it, I put my money on Brady, man. I, I don't I don't like Brady. I don't want to see Brady win. Um, but I know that with him and Gronk, uh, he doesn't need AB. He won a Super Bowl throwing to Rache Caldwell, rest in peace. Like, I mean, he's he, he was throwing the ball to James Brown. He was throwing the ball to Troy Brown, and Troy Brown was playing cornerback on the other side, like he was a two-way player, you know. Um, Brady finds a way to get the ball to his perimeter players in the playoffs, and if they could keep him upright, I would have to bet the ranch on, on the Bucks, which I would hate to see him win another ring. But right now, I think they're going into the playoffs. They're the team to beat. They're the team to beat. Well, what about like uh, a Green Bay? I see, I see Aaron Rodgers. I see discount double check. I see Mister Anti Vax. I, I mean. Here he is. This, that's that's the guy. This could be this this probably best best team he's had. Post- Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the AI of football. Like um, if it was one on one football, and he was just playing against one other person, man, he'd probably be the goat. But I have I have absolutely no faith in Aaron Rodgers to win an NFC Championship game, and neither do either of you. Um, I think if the Eagles had to go through, if the Eagles had to go, the Eagles had to go to Green Bay in the playoffs and they had to go through them to get to the Super Bowl. I don't think that Jalen Hurts would lose one week of sleep over that team and that legacy in that stadium because they just don't have the pieces. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has always uh, carried that team. Um, He's great. He's good for 40 touchdowns and six picks a year, but we know that that uh, they start to grip it a little bit tight in Lambeau Field in the cold in the winter. And uh, I, I think the Dallas could go up there and beat them. I think that that, uh, that uh, Tom Brady could go up there and beat them. And I think that the Rams could go up there and beat them. Um, I don't think very much of the Cardinals. As someone that covered the Cardinals 
on the beat on NBC Sports Radio and has been to Cardinals practices and seen them up close. I'm not a big Kyler Murray fan. Um, Kyler Murray, um, I always say that if, if Spud Webb ever does a, a, a movie, a, a movie about Spud Webb, like there's a, a, an autobiography about Spud Webb, Kyler Murray could be the body double in the autobiography of the Spud Webb movie because they're about the same size. Wow. And that, that doesn't work when you're a quarter, the quarterback in the NFL. Like you can't be 5'7", five, 5'8", five, and with two lifts, stand up to 5'10", and be a quarterback in the NFL. It just doesn't work that way. And uh, Arizona also, they seem to, even though J.J. Watt's an older player, he's not the same guy he was eight years ago with the Texans, he still seemed to have a definite impact when the Cardinals lost him. And then when they lost Hopkins as well. He's a killer, yeah. Those are killers for me with the Cardinals who were – a fashionable pick early in the year when they were at full strength. When they but, were at full strength, I was like, they're going to choke. By, I mean, by the end of the year, they'll be, you know, they'll lose five or six games. Th- that's there they, there um, is another name, though, that you haven't mentioned in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who seem to be really hot rolling into the playoffs. How do you feel about their chances? I think the rule of proxy is you don't go to the Super Bowl three years in a row. It just doesn't happen. It's all the extra games. Kind of think of the same thing that Golden State Warriors went through when Clay got hurt, Raymond got hurt, Steph got hurt. All of those extra games. Unless you're LeBron James and you're on the cream and the clear, you can't play all of those extra games in any sport and and not you know have consequences. So. I just don't see a scenario where the Chiefs even get to the Super Bowl because they've been to the Super Bowl the last two years. Your body's going to be tired. You're a step slower. Uh, the injuries pile up. Um, Andy Reid is awesome. They're going to have fantastic game plans. But I, I think the Chiefs could lose to – I think that they could lose. If they weren't playing the Steelers this week who have, you know, a quarterback that arguably – um, you know, could barely walk anymore. Like, if, you, if you've seen, if you saw a picture of Ben Roethlisberger from behind and his number was 68, like, you would look, you'd be like, yeah, he looks like someone that's wearing the number 68. Like, he doesn't look like someone that's wearing the number seven at all. So, I don't think that he has any gas left in the tank, but I think the Chiefs could be going home pretty early this year. Oh, wow. Okay. So you don't have a lot of faith in the Chiefs, don't have a lot of faith in the Bengals. Are you picking are you picking the Raiders over the Bengals? No, I like the I like the Bengals to beat the Raiders. Um Joe Burrow is the truth, man. It's you know, I can't I can't hate on him, man. It's, um he makes all of the throws, he's reckless, and he has two in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, you know, from a draft perspective, mm-hmm. man. It kind of shows you the concept of best player available because they didn't really need Jamar Chase when they drafted him. A lot of people ripped Jamar Chase, but their GM was smart enough to say, "Well, hey, they're in LSU tearing it up together. Um, you know, this guy's a walking touchdown, and you know he came in and in his rookie season. You know, I assume that he's going to be offensive rookie of the year. They look really good. I don't think that they win multiple playoff games, but I think they win that first one at home." Mm. And the Raiders have done a their their interim coach has done a good job, man. That stuff with Gruden was a train wreck and all of that. I think the Raiders are really building something special on Vegas. I think they're gonna be a destination place for 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 football players moving forward. Okay. A matchup you didn't really talk about uh yet. Patriots and Bills. Bill Belichick probably he's getting back there. Bill Belichick. You know, the Bills was my pick. Bills Mafia was my pick to win the Super Bowl. Um, I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl. I still believe that they're they're my personal favorite to get out the AFC. They had a bad game against the Colts, where the Colts Jonathan Taylor had like two seventy yard touchdowns against them, and they blew them out. And then the next week, remember they had that game against the Patriots, where it was like eighty mile wins, and they only throw the ball three. They couldn't throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those two games were kind of aberrations. I think if you look at the Bills, you look at Josh Allen, and you look at the way that they coach, and you look at their, you know, you look at Diggs on the perimeter, you look at their defense. They play stout defense. They have a lot of speed on defense. I think that they're the most complete team in the AFC right now, and 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 they're they're my pick 
So I just think that they're much more talented than, than the Patriots. And I think that ultimately they're going to have to go through Kansas City. That's going to be a heck of a game. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, 49ers and Cowboys. Are you believing Jimmy G? Do you, do you uh, like Jimmy G? What do you think of him? What'd you say? Jimmy G. Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. Not, you know, I think that Jimmy G is, is a little bit underrated. Um, underrated. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was up on Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think we forget. Um, you know, I like to call him Jimmy Pornstar because he has has an affinity to date, um, you know, models that appear in movies, Brazers, and Pornhub, and some of those other websites that Jonesy used to watch before he was a married man. But, um, but I, I think I think that I think that he's an underrated player. I think that people, you know, he's really making a case on if they should keep him and sit Trey Lance on the bench another year. But that said, the Cowboys are a very good team, man. Uh, we watched the Cowboys implode so many times that we kind of all lost respect for the Cowboys. But mm-hmm. this is probably the best team that the Cowboys have had. And like I said, but you have Michael Parsons coming off the edge. You can move him around. It's like he reminds me a lot of, like, people compare him to Lawrence Taylor, and that's blasphemous. The two of us, the three of us are old enough to remember Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. And, we, and we're all Northeast guys. So was, I, I saw Lawrence Taylor, you know, uh, in Joe Theismann's career as an eight-year-old. And I was like, Daddy, is his legs have been like that? You know, we've seen what Lawrence Taylor can, can do to someone. I compare him more to LeVar Arrington in his crowd. Okay. He's someone that can freelance and move around. He can rush. He can pass cover. He's a playmaker. But then you have, you know, Trayvon Diggs, man. He's just, you know, either he's going to have a pick six or he's going to give up a touchdown. So it's just they got a lot of talent on defense. And they have a complete team. They have very good players all over all over the roster. They should be set up to to win that game. Jonesy, real quick, do you believe do you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is is a good enough quarterback to exploit Diggs? I think Diggs gets mm-hmm. a, he gets the he gets the big plays. He gets the interceptions. That's what everyone notices. But the uh, truth is, he gets he gets tested. He gets, gets Isel Jenkins a lot. Yeah. Like the, the thing is, uh, Garoppolo gets a, a bad rap, but truth be told, the only reason San Francisco was in the market, in the Trey Lance market, was because Garoppolo gets hurt a lot. When he's on the field with San Francisco, he wins at a very high clip. 700. 70%. Exactly. So, and he's a very intelligent quarterback who knows how to win games coming coming out of Belichick system first, and then with Shanahan, who's also a very good, good football man. Like like James said, I think Garoppolo is underrated, and I do think he is aware enough in the pocket as a passer to be able to take advantage of Diggs's aggressiveness. Because what's been exposed with Diggs the last few weeks, especially, is that he will bite on the double move. Oh, man. JB, if you remember Asante Samuel, how he would bite on that double move, Diggs is a man in that mold. He's aggressive. He'll get the pick. Asante was a great quarterback, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those aggressive guys who are looking to jump routes, though, when you hit them with the double move, they can end up 10 yards out of position very fast. And Diggs doesn't have that recovery speed that Asante had. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Asante would bite on a double move, but he could, but yeah. he was better at recovering than Diggs was. Diggs, Diggs will bite on that double move, and then he, he's barbecue chicken. Yeah, I saw one where he was so lost. Like I, I even think I would have scored a touchdown. Like he was, like he was on that move. He was twenty yards. He was confused. It's like somebody spun him around. Like he was hitting a pinata or something. Like he was just completely confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree with Jonesy. Uh, Garoppolo does have the ability to study film and exploit that. And, you know, um, one thing about Shanahan, he's a heck of a play caller. He might have blown that 28-3 lead uh, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, but but other than that, he's been a phenomenal play caller his entire coaching career. I, and and I, hear what, I, I hear what you're saying, and you both made pretty compelling arguments. I just, I'm just not sold on Garoppolo this week. I believe that I don't, I don't know if he's the guy that and, – and, and this makes me hate him more because I want him to beat the Cowboys. I would so love him to beat the Cowboys. I would we'll love see. the Cowboys be one and done. 
I would love to about... come on this show next week and just laugh at Ashley Baker. <laughs> well, see, JB, if you're talking about not being sold, though, the one person I'm truly not sold on in this whole equation is Marty Morningwood. Mm. I, he's the guy, cowboy, the, the Cowboys play caller is the guy who, if I have questions about, I'm not, if I'm not willing to put them, put a bet on anybody, it's mm. him. So I expect this to be a very tough, very close game. Interesting game. And yeah. I Debo will Samuel. not be surprised if San Francisco pulls it out. Debo Samuel is a bad man. He is a bad man. He is a bad man. No, it, it's 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 crazy that I feel like these like these young these younger football fans of today, the the, the social media era of today, they don't recognize like like back in the day, a 49ers Cowboys playoff game would have been everything. Stop what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. like wait, Cowboys and the 49ers are playing in first in, in the in the wild card round? Don't even touch the remote. Exactly. Now, you know, it's like, hey, man, 40, 49ers and Cowboys playing 430 on a Sunday. Hey, if I get around to it, if I'm not doing anything, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that game. Hey, you know, but once upon a time, and it didn't matter whether it was Joe Montana or, or Steve Young, if it was Jerry Rice, if it was Terrell Owens, you know, you watched Niners and Cowboys. Yep. You knew, you know, you wanted to see whatever whatever side Dion was on because he was on one side one year and he was on the other side the other <laughs> year. Sometimes he was playing for both teams at the same time. Exactly. About the exactly. second half with the Cowboys jersey on, first half with the Niners jersey. But it, but uh, but you 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 guys know back in the day a Niners Cowboys game had all the juice and right. I just feel like this game has no juice right now. Like but, that you know, would... I think the, the trends continue, and that's that's a great point, JB. You know, I think that the trends continue, and I think what I'm excited about this year's playoffs, we don't really know who's going to win, man. You know, right. I think, you know, I think that we've kind of gotten to that rut. You pencil the Patriots in every yeah. once in a while, the Steelers would beat the Patriots or the Ravens would beat them. For the most part, it was those three teams, and then you know, in, in the NFC, you had limitations. You kind of knew throughout the year, you know, Eagles had that great year that they had. You know, uh, but after the Cowboys dynasties, there there are only a, a few teams that that over the years have been able to, to assume are going to win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And this year, I, I literally think that anyone that's in the tournament can win. Like I think the Eagles, if they play eight on six football and run the ball for three hundred yards and pop, and Jalen Hurts, they don't have tape on him, and you know Sirianni has twelve plays that no one's ever seen that he can deploy. They can beat the Bucs, even though I think the Bucs are the, are the best team. And once you beat the Bucs, I'm not scared of Stat Padford. Like, I'm not afraid of him. You know, I'm not afraid of Aaron Rodgers. There's no one that's, that's on there. It's not, you're not going against the, 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 the Rex Ryan, excuse me, the Buddy Ryan 46 defense 85 Bears. You know, you're not going against some of the great Redskins teams. You're not going against some of the great Giants teams. I think that everybody's in play. And I think what you'll see in ratings – People will be really excited, and your team has a chance to advance and, and really to get a Super Bowl. And that's why I'm so mad about my Colts because I'm like, this is the year that we might have been able to get deep into the playoffs and compete. Where you know, uh, as Joe Burrow is getting better and Mahomes is getting better, those that door can shut real quickly in the AFC. Yeah, uh, Jonesy, real quick uh, because this is something that you and I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. Going into play, going into the playoffs, you know, Nick Sirianni of the Eagles has his kind. Of, he has his tendency, and we've kind of seen it play out over the last couple of weeks, and it's played out in these slow starts that the Eagles have had in their games. Whereas he kind of he he seems like he desperately wants to be that pat. He wants his team to be that passing team that sling it all over the field type of team when we all know from watching that they're 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 a running team they need to run the ball well he's supposed to be one of these young genius coaches who could show who wants he has his opportunity and wants to show what he can do as a play caller as a leader as a, as a head coach mm-hmm. but at the same time he's limited by his quarterback's arm 
Mm-hmm. And I say specifically the arm because we've said this before. Everything else about Jalen Hurts is exactly what you want in a quarterback. He's smart. He's poised in the pocket. He's athletic enough. He, he's a great leader. Guys love to play with him. Media, man. I couldn't believe that the, the bars in, uh, in, in Washington almost killed the ball. Mm-hmm. this man and and i would have been so angry if the stadium almost collapsed on me and the way he handled that was so mature mm-hmm. i was just like this kid is special yeah it's like all of those things he checks every box except the one about arm talent and so we're, the question is now is the arm good enough with everything else around him that the eagles can get the job done We'll see. So, so you're so you're at we'll see. Do you believe that Nick Sirianni will come out the box, come out out of the gate on Sunday, running the ball? No. You think you think it'll be more of the same? Hey, let's try and pass the ball. Let's try and fling the ball downfield. And when that doesn't work in the second half, we'll run the ball. what I'm expecting honestly is because of the slow starts there's likely to be a fear of another slow start, which may re- result in an over-aggressiveness, a desire to throw the ball and look for shots early in the game and to your own detriment, possibly. That's because you hit, hit it on the head when you brought that up. The Eagles cannot get off to a 10 nothing, 14 nothing deficit against Tom Brady because he won't let you come back. Yeah. That's not Taylor Heineke on the other side of the ball. That's not, you know, that's not Daniel Jones on the other side of the ball. And it's like you look at it, and the pro the problem is, and and I, I admit my my coaching knowledge is is Madden. Madden and back in the day, I would coach my kids' team. Don't bring my kids on and ask how good of a coach I was. But I was the coach. Nonetheless, I'm sitting there and I'm looking like, okay, if you got Tom Brady on the other side and you got this, you got these big bohemians on your offensive line, and you got you got decent, if not stud running backs, let's try and keep Tom Brady on the sideline for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. I agree with Jonesy. I think I think that they gotta go out. And that's why I said the concept of does he have 10 to 12 plays that we haven't seen where mm-hmm. he can get Taylor Hurts moving or, or do some screens or something that, you know, there's not a lot of film on? Um, I think that the key player for you is uh, is number two is Slade Jr., man. I think you can get a big interception from him, maybe a pick six, something like that from him because, you know, I've said to Jones at a time, I'm like, he's your best receiver. Like, you should put him on offense and throw him bubble screens and let him run because he's the best uh, – he's your best playmaker in space with the ball. I think that if you could get a defensive touchdown, which Brady does throw picks later in his life, he's been a little bit more prone to throwing picks, I think that you might have a chance to play from ahead. And if you play from ahead, you get the hog mollies out there and just run them off the field because we know that the Eagles can line up better than anyone in, in the NFL, including my Colts and put up two, 300 yards. Like, that's what they do. Now, I, real quick, I, I do want to shift gears slightly. You got to talk a little college before you throw me out. Uh, that, that's exactly where I want to go. Because at this point, this this is a special show for me. Because what, okay. what I have here with me are my two favorite people to hear tell me that I was right. So we're going to talk a little college football because – James, I, I believe it was a couple weeks ago we were talking college football, and I said to you, Georgia was going to w- lose the first game to Bama, and then they'd probably win the rematch. Yeah, but you didn't know that that Michi was going to tear his ACL, and Jamison Williams was going to tear his ACL too. Like you're smart, you're not God. So, <laughs> oh wait, once he once he tore his ACL, it's like, well, Bryce Young didn't have anyone to throw to. I was like, that's game over. I texted you that. I was going to chat with you. Agreed. But I just personally, I was looking at the standpoint, Georgia, I mean, of course, it's Bama. And that first matchup, you haven't seen anything like that all year long. Whereas going into the second matchup, 
Georgia is in a situation where there's a rare team who may actually have more NFL talent this year. Mm. I think Georgia awesome a little bit too because they were in the playoff regardless. Mm-hmm. So Smart might have played a little possum. I don't know if they went all out. You know, in the second half, you saw Georgia's quarterback. He did a lot of rollout passes. I mean, Georgia was really a run offense all year, and they experimented. I think they opened up that playbook, which they didn't do in the SEC championship game. But it's very good to see Georgia win a natty. Um, I'm an Ohio State guy. Even I get sick of watching Ohio State clips in Alabama every year. I mean, I think Michigan being good is good for college football. Miami, hopefully Cristobal can get them back up and running. And hopefully Lincoln Riley can get USC running. And then you have like eight good teams. And then you get to get to an expanded playoff and, and you have some good matchups. Now, you mentioned Michigan. Penn State. You mentioned Michigan, though, and that brings me to my next question because, you know, you and I are both fans of Big Ten teams. Do you really think this was a situation where Michigan was actually good or was it just a down year for Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten? Because based on their ball performance, they weren't on the same par, as the same caliber as the Georgias and the Alabamas. People are going to think I'm hating, and, and I respect Michigan for winning. They were the better team and the more physically dominant team. Uh, they deserved that game. But um, I, I do think it was an aberration. Um, Michigan, if you look at their roster, was literally with juniors and seniors. You know, they're going to lose eight or nine starters. They're going to lose probably five or six people to the NFL for the first time in a long time because they don't put people in the NFL. Ohio State has played a bunch of freshmen. So for them to line up and run I-form, which is what they did most of the game, and run off-tackle left and blow a bunch of freshmen off the ball really didn't surprise me. And it snowed. Ohio State is more built to play in a dome against Alabama in a bowl. They're not, they're not built anymore to play out in the snow. Um, and I think that could hurt Ohio State downstream. So I think, I think what we're seeing, Jersey, is that Michigan is getting to where Penn State is. Um, well, every four or four years, we're gonna have a team with some seniors and they're going to take it to Ohio State, you know. Um, but year in, year out, do they recruit the depth to be in the playoff? No, does Penn State recruit the depth to be in the playoff? No, maybe Franklin will get them there. Uh, but I still think that the only true superpowers in college football are Alabama, Ohio State, and whoever the flavor of the year is in the, in, in the SEC. It could be LSU, it could be Georgia one year. Um, it could be Florida if they get back up. But to me, those are the only superpowers. USC with Lincoln Riley, though, he can turn him into a superpower in a couple of years because he gets all the best kids. CJ Stroud is from Rancho Cucamonga. If Lincoln Riley is at USC, CJ Stroud is playing for, for USC. <laughs> when he's not coming to Ohio State. He's a Trojan. And then they're, they're mopping the floor at Ohio State in the Rose Bowl instead of, of Utah playing them in the Rose Bowl. And I have enough sense to, to recognize that. Um, I would love your thoughts, and I appreciate the time. You know, Josie and Brown, uh, what do you guys think about the NIL? Because that's huge in college football as well, and that's that's such a game changer. What are the thoughts of NIL? Y'all have more money on the East Coast than anywhere else in, in the world. So um, how does that impact your programs on the East Coast? Is Penn State going to open up the checkbook? I don't, I don't know if it's to be necessarily Penn State opening up the che- checkbook as you know maybe boosters whatever you know companies or whatever I think it's only a matter of time I think now as you're starting to see more and more companies bringing uh bringing players in it, it like I think there people are still kind of waiting for the for like that big domino to fall you know it's mm-hmm. like I, there there's yet to be that 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 college player sign that like major, it's just making like major, major attention grabbing money. And that's, but you know, it's coming. Right. You know, it's coming, you know, like Jonesy, what do you, what do you think? I mean, I think that's a matter of time where you get the next college player. Who's a phenom, like your next Zion Williamson type okay. or somebody like that who has instant star power at the college level. How much do you think Zion would have been worth? Oh, Zion would have easily been making eight figures a year at Duke. Give him 10 million at least. Mm -hmm. Easily eight figures at Duke. 
because you're in a major program. Can you imagine being a college player, you know, coming from high school where, you know, you're, you know, we went, we, Jones and I played varsity basketball. Can you imagine going from that to like having a Bugatti as a freshman in college? Like you're pulling up in a, in a $3 million Bugatti. You, do, do you guys remember? You you guys remember when LeBron was still in high school, like his senior year, mm-hmm. and I think it was his mother that took out that insurance yep. policy on him, and then used that to buy him a Hummer, a Hummer. in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at, now I'm at, fast forward twenty something years now, and you what these kids are going to be running up in now? You See, know, LeBron James literally would have been pulling up in a G four, yeah, he fly, or he would have been bringing a helicopter. He would have been helicoptered into games, man. I mean, it's just um, – but I'm all for it because, mm-hmm. you know, you guys, you know, Jonesy, where we were on ESPN, and, you know, shout-out to 610 ESPN. I know they don't exist anymore in the same format, but that's where we got to start. You know, we were fortunate enough to, to share the stage with Villanova. They covered Nova basketball, and Nova was winning championships and, and very successful during that time. And, you know, our show was on right before the Jay Wright show and, and all of that stuff. Um you have these these blue bloods that are making all sorts of money in both basketball and football off of these players. And I know it's a little bit different. It's a paradigm shift. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, Coach Kelly at Notre Dame can leave his players and not even stay by and go to LSU. So yeah. if a player can get a couple of M's, all of these people aren't going to play in the NFL. And most of them, as we know, they're only going to play in the NFL for four years. I look at Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott is the best prospect. I've been covering Ohio State football for more than 30 years. He's the best single prospect that I've ever seen come out of Ohio State. Better than Eddie George, better than Orlando Pace. And he was washed in four years. He's closer to being out of the league altogether than getting another big contract. So if you can get a couple of M's in college and set your family up so that you can draw interest off of that money, I'm all for it. Absolutely. I'm I'm with it, too. I... And I think it might be it. I shouldn't even say it might be. It's probably like a pipe dream. But I want to start seeing these colleges kind of shift where it's like you, I guess you always hear the argument against, you know, paying these players or whatever. And they'll say, oh, well, they're getting a free education. Now, you and I, we're, we're both, we're, we're all adults here. So we know that education plus 25 cents will get you a quarter. I I want to say this, though, because real quick, because I've heard that argument several times. And as someone who was blessed not to have to pay for my college education, Mm -hmm. I can promise you that the ability to get that degree without coming without a mortgage attached to your name because of it is valuable. It is. Mm hmm. So let's not treat that like it's nothing. I'm not saying it's fair market value compared to what they generate for the school. School, okay. But okay. we can't blow it off like it's nothing. It's on the where, though, Jonesy. Like, if you're playing at Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, you're not going to class. If you're playing for Michigan State or Utah mm-hmm. or someone that's kind of a good school, maybe you're going to class. But you're not going to class if you play football in the Reggie Bush era at USC. You're there to play right. football. You're there to go to the league. Mm-hmm. But if you're let's say you play D one basketball, sixty players every year get drafted to the league. Right. The the large majority of these guys are there for the education. True. So mm-hmm. while the star guys But if you play guys, for Kentucky, Jonesy, you're not going to class. But that's not the majority of the guys. Play for, for, for Michigan State, maybe you're going to class. But if you play for Kentucky, even if you're the tenth man on their mm-hmm. rotation, you're not going to class. True, but that's not the majority of the people we're talking about. Got it. And those guys in Kentucky are also the guys who are going to be able to make money off this NIL and their their likeness. The guys who are going to get this, who get real value from the degree are also guys who likely aren't going to make it big NIL money. Nobody's ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. And that's no, 70% no, of your, your college athletes. But nonetheless... To the point that both of you have made, you're gonna have you're you're you are now putting money and you're putting money in the hands of these young, of these young people at an even younger age. You know, it was one thing when you were giving 
23, 24, 25 year olds millions of millions of dollars. Right. Now you're putting now you're putting large sums of money in eight, you know, 17, 18, 19. And I want to see I want to start seeing these colleges. I went to college with Jonesy Brown. If if me and Jonesy had millions of dollars when we were freshmen at at, at the Oakwood University, we would have we would have been at pinups in Atlanta um, getting into all sorts of trouble. I don't. I don't know what we would. Do. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I, I, if, I I, now, if I had millions now, I'd be a pit upset. Getting all such trouble. You want to? If you want me to keep it a buck, bro. I, look, I, I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. I'd have right. been someplace on the wire uh, if you put, gave me some somebody like that my freshman year. You know, I. I hope, I hope not. Getting, I hope I'm not. Getting, getting, I hope you wouldn't have been out getting the yellow tops. Like when no, I hear no, no. Pandemic. We're talking about that pandemic. And I don't mean I, 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 hope, I hope that you're not admitting that you was that you was no, no. do like this. I can't, I, I can't be in business with nobody that's messing with the cook up, man. No, I, no, well, I'll put it to you like this. I would I would have looked more like Avon and Stringer. Oh, okay. I all right, all right, all right. I, I'd have, I'd have looked more I'd have looked more like Marlo than I would have looked like uh Bubbles or or whatever the people on the street, but That's but nonetheless, I just want to see these schools. If if you're gonna if you're gonna pay, them, I want to see you. I want I want to see them prepare these young people. You're putting mm-hmm. money, showing them how they can how they can carry this money longer. If you're not gonna go to class, mm-hmm. if they're not gonna go to class, and if, and you're now treating them like, hey, you're a commodity. We're paying you to make us money. Show these people how this money that we're paying you can, you know, at 17, 18, 19, how you can still be living off this money at 29, 39, 49. Yeah, that's so important. I think, and I think with Josie and I on the chat that we're constantly on, I think where Josie and I are in agreement, we don't agree on a lot of things um, when it comes to sports, but where we are in agreement, I think ultimately you see the power conferences break away from their own. You know, with different guidelines, and you know, if you go play, there's a big difference, like you said, Jonesy, playing for Kentucky or playing for you know where John Morant went to school, playing for Murray State. Like it's a completely different experience. I think that you take the Kentuckys and the Dukes and the UCLA's and put them in a different category, and in football, you take the Bamas, you take the Penn States, you take the Clemson's, the Ohio States, the Oregon's. And you put them in a different class, and maybe that class is not the same as Kansas State or Iowa or some of these other schools. Where you know, if you go to Kansas State, ninety-nine percent of those players are going to to into the workforce. They might have two or three people in their team that are going to be a practice squad, you know, tied in for the Eagles. But they don't have five-star recruits that are going to the league after year three and are going to be drafted in the top ten. So I think you'll see more regulation with this NIL. You'll see a separation between the haves and the half-nots. And quite frankly, I'd be happy if there was a, a 30-team Super League like the NFL of college football and you have the best teams. And you do that in college basketball and everyone plays each other. And then you have great games every week. And then, you know, you have some of those lesser schools. Maybe Deion Sanders moves Jackson State up into that second tier. And I think you run it like English Premier League. You know, every five years you reevaluate. And the thing I love about English Premier League, if you suck, they'll demote that tail. Oh, you'll get relegated fast. You'll get yeah. relegated. And I think my Baltimore Orioles, Jonesy, they should they should be a triple A team. They should be a double A team. And they shouldn't even be on the same field with the Phillies or the New York Yankees. That's an embarrassment. So bring up bring up another team and let them replace the Orioles and let them be in the AL East. You know, I think if we did that in America, uh, that would make sports a little bit more interesting. And we could do that in college sports. I hear you. Hey, real quick, what are your thoughts, uh, Deion Sanders down at uh, down at Jackson State? I absolutely love it, man. And when you read in the comment sections and read the racism about these kids that decided to go to HBCU, uh, the three of us are products of HBCUs. I'm very familiar with Morgan State. You know, I grew up in Baltimore, um, so mm-hmm. know that territory well. And and you know, my experience with Jonesy, man, we could do a show just about the stupid stuff that we did. My first two years at, you know, mm-hmm. me and Jonesy up drinking tea at two in the morning, trying to figure out how we're going to get away with whatever caper we're about to run that weekend. <laughs> it's just um, some of these kids don't want to go. You know, it's, 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 I don't think Nick Saban would spit on Trent Richardson if he was on fire. 
Like you go in, you play football, you give them what you can give them, and then you're out of there, and it's on to the next. Some of these kids want something different. And if you're a wide receiver or a cornerback or a safety, why would you not play for Coach Prime? Mm-hmm. Like you would rather play for, for, uh, for Kobe Smart or for Ryan Day or for Jim Harbaugh. Like, this man can get you to the league and can get you into Canton with his technique. So I think you're going to see him coach a lot of players. And mm-hmm. with social media and Instagram, he's got that relationship with Barstool. He's got Gilly and Wallow on the sidelines. Like, that's marketing. Like, that's not something that you can get at Ohio State or USC. And I think people are finding out, if you're really good, the NFL will find you. Yeah. You know, whether you go to Howard or Evans, or whether you go to Alabama, and these kids are going to redshirt in Alabama for two years. They're not going to play until their junior year. You know, Joe Burrow couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins in Ohio State. So you have a lot of talent out there. Why not go play for Coach Prime? If he could ever get into the next level out of FCS, and maybe he's able to get on Alabama's schedule or Mississippi's schedule and start playing some of the, the, the older established teams, I, I think it's a no-brainer, man, and I love it. I hope we see more of it with Howard and, and some of the other great you know, HBCUs. It's great. I, I like I, I also I like the fact that that Jackson State ca- caught that L in the uh, celebration bowl. Right. Because now you now you know because for a lot of people that was their intro that was their introduction to HBCU football. They and got thrashed. They got thrashed, and right yeah. off the bat, you know yeah. that HBCU football is not Coach Prime and the rest of these guys. Mm-hmm. I think it elevates everyone. I'm here in Nashville. Eddie George is at TSU, mm-hmm. and it elevates the the whole program. It's like when we start to get some of our talented coaches, you know, see Hugh Jackson going to Grambling. I mean, that's just phenomenal. And I think as we see a rationalization in college football, I think that one day, if if Deion Sanders stays at Jackson State, they'll be better than Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. If he stays there for 10 years, they'll be better than Ole Miss. They'll be better than Mississippi State. They'll be better than Memphis. They'll be better than Arkansas. You know, he's not going to be as good as Texas A&M because they have a 110,000-seat stadium. You know, they got all that oil money booster. But he can he can create a very legitimate and competitive program. And my question would always say to Josie is, I don't think the system will let him do that, man. The Florida State job opens, uh, you know, Coach Norvell gets fired, which he's going to get fired at the end of next year. I think mm-hmm. they'll call Prime and he'll be at Florida State and he'll be back where he started. But I'm hoping – that Coach Prime stays there for 10 years and builds a master and recruits five-star, first-star athletes every year. And I hope they can get on the field. I don't think that Bama will play them, but they could probably play Ole Miss. Hmm. And I'd love to see them put the hammer on Ole Miss. At North Dakota State, when Carson went to it there, they beat Iowa. And that was kind of a, hey, this is a real program. I was a top 15 school that year, and North Dakota State hammered them. So it's it's definitely possible. We've seen Appalachian State beat Michigan. You know, it's very it's very possible. And you've seen Appy State, Coastal Carolina, Liberty. These are schools that moved up um, and are now playing D1 football and, and competitive. They're not going to win national championships, but they're competitive. And, and, you know, if you have the money and the talent, you can do it. We know that we have extreme talent. Josie's always talking about the South and, and how it's a breeding ground because of, uh, you know, liberal land and, and uh, <laughs> covenants from the seed of Abraham and, uh, and the Atlantic slave trade and all of those things. And how the South is positioned to be successful. I won't expand on that. Maybe that's so another- why you never bring this stuff up with me? That's another topic. <laughs> but but I really I'm thinking the Negro land theory that, uh, that there's a lot of a plethora of talent down in that region, and you can build a great football team. Oh, we definitely going to get into that next week. What are you drinking, Josie? Is that is that Marby? This is orange peach mango juice. Oh, okay. With okay. what? With what? That's it. Orange peach mango juice. I don't know if it was one of your, uh, you know, uh, West Indian Caribbean drinks. Oh uh, no, nah, just juice this week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's it's such a pleasure to to come in and chat with you guys. Always. These guys, I can't wait to get you guys up and running and get you on, uh, you know, Last Day Radio Network platform. You know, shout out to WOL, shout out to Urban One. Uh, we're doing some great numbers with them, and, and Josie and I have been we've been planning this for seven years. I mean, we started this thing a long, long time ago, 
And, uh, you know, we're starting to really have some success. And, and just looking forward, you know, Josie and Brown are going to be doing Thursdays. Um, when we get past some of this COVID stuff, they're, they're going to be on my radio show on WOL in DC and WVOL in Nashville. Uh, we're in the process of picking up some other affiliates. I'm just excited because, you know, these guys are going to be the sports guys. I'm kind of getting into regular to, to mainstream news talk. But this is a phenomenal show. I, I love it. I listen to it all the time. And, uh, Brown, you're the only person that can put, can put Jonesy in his place, man. He thinks that he knows everything. This guy, I've known Jonesy for 30 years. He thought he knew everything when I first met him 30 years ago. Uh, he thinks, still thinks he knows everything. So put him in his place, man. Don't take that foolishness from him. Uh, my pleasure. It'll be my pleasure. I mean, it's not my fault. I'm right a lot. Right. I mean, yeah, you keep, yeah, yeah, you keep telling yourself that. James, once again, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, brother. Yes, sir. It's always a pleasure. Make sure you check him out. W-O- what time is your show on? 11 a.m. Eastern Standard. Is that, that That's weekdays, Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday. Monday can- through Friday, 11 o'clock, W-O-L in D.C. Absolutely. 95.5, catch Lance J Radio Network, Spotify, Amazon, you know, all of the all of the platforms, iTunes, man. It's, uh, thank you for giving me an hour of your time, man. I'm I'm honored and privileged. And, and you guys are you guys are fantastic. Looking forward to working with you and having a great 2022. All right. All right. Look, man. See, the Jonesy and Brown, the Jonesy and Brown takeover is coming, bro. Oh, yeah. The Jonesy and Brown takeover is definitely coming always a pleasure to have james lewis on because he tells that good those good background stories when mike jones and next week we will definitely definitely get into this, this what do you say negro land oh see we will we get into that conversation we got talking sports though we just got derailed oh, oh okay okay we'll, we'll get, we're, we're gonna get into that next week Anyway, you let us know what you think of this podcast. All right, hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Jonesy and Brown. Also, you can hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at DITW Sports. Download this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Just search Best in the World Sports. His name, his name is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Thank you for listening to the Jonesy and Brown podcast. Check you guys out next week. Peace, y'all. Hey, you feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. Brown.